My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, Dr. John Thomas, back in the building, episode 77 of the Be More Today show. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building. And folks, 77 episodes. I got to tell you, every single time we do an episode, I get hyped because it means we're moving forward, pushing forward, we're doing new things, we're growing, we're expanding, and we're being more every single day. So if you've been here since the beginning, or if you just jumped on the bandwagon recently, thank you for your support and your love. BeMoreToday.com is the site, my book, our music, uh, my book on Amazon is everywhere. The podcast is growing now. We're here in 42 countries and growing, growing, growing. We have about 250 people who are listening every single week now. So it's growing, folks. And I'm very, very grateful for you taking the time, whether you listen to me while you're running, while you're walking in your car, wherever you may be right now. I appreciate you listening in and inspiring yourself to be more today. So please subscribe on all platforms, YouTube. Uh, all the podcast platforms, subscribe and just send me messages. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, how you're feeling, how your journey is going. Because I appreciate you tuning in, trusting the process and just being persistent. Uh, my quote for today is very simple as always. And it is, there is power in finishing. There is power in finishing. Uh, listen, as I told you guys last week, uh, I'm training for my fifth and final marathon. And people keep saying, why? Fifth and final, why is it your last one? I've done a lot of running uh, my entire life. And, you know, physically, from doing stuff at Brown to before Brown to after Brown, and even now, you know, my body's been through a number of different uh, issues from two surgeries on my knee. And, and I even ran this morning and I was like, man, there's so many things that are happening just to keep me stable while I'm running nowadays. I think about how my foot's hitting the ground, how my right knee feels, how my hip is doing, you know, what posture I'm having, because it's getting harder now to do those things. But I'm determined, no matter what, to finish this race. Because I said I was going to do this thing that I said before last week, you know, coming out of COVID-19 and quarantine session, it was hard getting back into doing stuff, fitness in general. But when they said that this was the 50th anniversary of the marathon and I was already signed up, I said I have to do it. So we've been rallying, rallying. And our, our running club, which has about 25 people running this year, has been rallying this year to get ready for this thing. So we're going to finish. And there's power in finishing because when you say you want to do something, then you actually do it. Uh, it just gives you a, the snowball effect to do more great things in your life. 
So I'm charging you guys out there today. I'm going to finish this marathon no matter what uh, this year. Whenever you have started this year or even last year, you didn't get a chance to finish. Um, a lot of people got sidetracked or sidelined with work and being busy. And there's been so much stuff happening. But you got to recognize that you got to finish. You got to finish these things. It's, it's easy to start. Everybody can start a race. Everybody can start a book, start a chapter, you know, start a podcast, right? You can start anything, start a workout plan. But to finish that thing, there's power in finishing. Uh, so go, go out there and make sure you finish what you've started. Keep growing. Don't quit. And the guest I have on for today's show is uh, a friend of mine, but he is someone who inspires others to recognize in themselves that there's also power in finishing. It's good to start things, but it's good to train through whatever you're trying to do to get to your desired destination. And his name, folks, is Ramel Murphy. Now, Ramel is a native New Yorker and has continuously pursued his passion in helping others actualize their optimal selves. In 2010, after three years as a pharmaceutical sales representative, he decided to become a personal trainer and help others prioritize their health and fitness first thereby avoiding the excessive use of medications as the first line of treatment for today's leading disease states. From the wrestling mat to the dance stage, Ramel has always expressed a strong breath and wide vocabulary of movement. He's a versatile coach with expertise in numerous training modalities, including body weight training, 3D loaded movement training, and uh, he has strength and training skills across the board. Describes to an ideology that everything in life happens in oscillation. And you have to train on the perimeter of your comfort zone in order to achieve growth in all pillars of life. His coaching style applies habit change movement designed to help clients navigate their ability to effectually engage and disengage in the area of movement, nutrition, and recovery. He is currently a coach at Sky Health located in the Flatiron District of New York City, NYC. It is a privately owned boutique wellness facility where personal trainers and physical therapists work side by side deliver attentive care and results for their clients. And folks, he is also from my alma mater, Brown University. Bruno, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys <laughs> Bruno. and girls, please welcome to the stage, my boy and my dance man, Ramel Murphy. Ramel, pew, pew. Pew, pew, John. What is Google going Google. on? What's going on? It's going. I'm super excited to be here. Sorry. Uh, Noise. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, it's been it's been some time since we've got a chance to chat. Yes, sir. This is exciting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look, you you and I have crossed paths many times in many lives, right? From being uh, in the same company at Brown for a small stand of time, uh, and me seeing you kind of grow as I was leaving to us uh, going through JJDC together, and me seeing you come when I was leaving, and um, recognizing that now you are a trainer. And, you know, doing so many things that I watch you on Instagram and on social media, just literally transforming lives every single day. I had to have you on the show just to highlight some of the work you've been doing and to inspire others to keep fitness at the priority and the forefront of their minds. So thank you for being on the show today. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you for making the time and bringing me on. We appreciate the invitation. No problem at all. Listen, I know that, um, you know, we were in the same dance company, uh, Fusion Dance Company. For those who remember, I've, I've had a number of Fusion guests on this show, one of the baddest dance companies in the land and, and probably <laughs> Island, New England. And uh, we had a great time doing dance there. But I didn't recognize that you were also a wrestler. And um, that that's interesting to me. So I was curious, you know, usually dancing and wrestling, although they are so related, they're very different in terms of uh, of movement styles and even in in terms of function. So 
where did the passion come for you um, to get into dance, to get into wrestling? And did that passion come to pursue both of those? Um, did that passion at all have anything to do with you pursuing your career in terms of fitness and being a personal trainer? Yeah, they're all interconnected. Uh, and believe it or not, I would say the idea behind movement with wrestling and dance are very similar. There's a lot of uh, points in which you have to be hard, right? And it's a bit stable, but also be fluid and flow and be mobile. So there's, again, this, this engagement, disengagement, this balancing act that we're also doing throughout our lives that took place in wrestling and dance. But my passion for it just came from, it was from really, really young age. I actually really despised wrestling. I hated wrestling growing up. I, uh, I first off, it really comes from my family. The, 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 both of these passions were ingrained in me in my childhood. I grew up in a very, I grew up in New London, Connecticut. Uh, it's a whaling city. It's a beautiful little town. And I grew up in a very big family. So I'm the seventh of eight children. So by the time I came around, you have five boys and three girls. All the boys had wrestled. Uh, so me and my younger brother, it was kind of like, you're wrestling. This is what's happening. <laughs> and so I actually, at a, in a youth club, every Saturday morning, they take me away from my Saturday morning cartoons and I'd have to go wrestle. And I'm like, why am I here? You know, what I mean? <laughs> and I have to sit here and fight someone. I don't want to fight anyone. I'm, I'm a sweetheart. So that was a real tough, uh, tough concept for me growing up to, to be in that environment every week through junior high and high school and kind of dealing with this battle of strife and being physically engaged and really on a high level performance uh, and also performing in school. But um, the passion really started at a young age. As far as dance, it, again, my mom and dad always had music playing in the, in, and my, also my older siblings really uh, started to dance as well. So the music and the household was always rich with culture, we had Anita Baker. I mean, I can think Earth, Wind, and Fire. I get, there wasn't a time in which music wasn't playing in my house. So mm -hmm. we would always dance together. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of riches, a lot of money. And so we were very rich in love. And we would always have these family powwows in our living room where we'd be dancing as a family. And that was like my favorite. Those are my biggest, my biggest, those are my most profound memories as a child growing up. You have even like videos right now you can look up and see of me as a little toddler just dancing and really enjoying myself. So it just, it just started there and then it catapulted into adolescence and I started dancing in junior high and high school. I was doing some dance companies and then I came to Brown. I saw, I'll never forget, I saw you guys and Solomon, uh, <laughs> Solomon Hall. It was, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the song right now. Uh, there's the main, there's a hip hop group and they believe, uh, Sean and uh, you, you and Cliff came up in the front at one point and they started either doing a Harlem shake or some oh. kind of movement. And I was like, and the room just got so on fire. It was so lit. And I was just like, okay, this is where I need to be. Like, <laughs> and so um, it was Fat Man Scoop. That's what it was. It, 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 yeah, now you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that's anyways, drop. Uh, it was drop. So. <laughs> So when I got to Brown, it just, it was finally a point where I felt like, oh, like minds, you know, focus on passions for academia and movement. And it, it just, it just fit, it just fit. But uh, wrestling informed, actually wrestling informs a lot of who I am today. Mm -hmm. um, like I was saying before, I wasn't 
uh, too keen on it in the beginning. And I actually wasn't very good at it. Uh, I wasn't, I lost about every match all throughout junior high. And it wasn't until I got to high school, my body actually developed and I started becoming more passionate about really investing myself into the sport that I started to do very, very well at it. I was a state champion, uh, my sophomore, well, my senior year, junior I placed, but uh, it just took a number of years and before, before I really got the hang of it and I started finessing uh, my skill sets. And like you're saying, coming to that finish line and, and looking back at it, even though I didn't go as far as I would like to or compete on the level I, I I didn't compete at Brown. I, I didn't, I chose to, to not wrestle at that university, uh, which was a kind of disappointment for my family. Because, you know, I, I was definitely of the, of the caliber to wrestle at that level. Um, it, ta- it informs a lot of my ideology to, to push through things and to be more resilient overall and to know that I can get through anything. After the, the wrestling camps that I went through, after the experiences that I had, I can our bodies are just so uh, just so resilient and can endure through so much more than we think. So that's what I would, I would say took, I took the most away from wrestling, um, being able to have that, that focus, but also to acknowledge that you need to recover. You need to take time for yourself and be able to come back the next day. And that's another element of wrestling that's super important with, as far as the weight management making weight for your wrestling matches, but also making sure you get the amount of rest in order to compete at that high level. So that was something I didn't necessarily do as well in high school that I can look back on, but that probably wasn't the best idea. As a coach now, being focused on nutrition and health, and I can look back and say, oh, that wasn't necessarily, those strategies weren't the best, but it's how I performed, you know? And so, yeah, I would say that's, that plays a big role into who I am today. Yeah, yeah. You know, we always talk about on the show how integral athletics uh, and movement in general, but in athletics in particular, really transforms people's lives. And the foundation that you said you learned from wrestling have paved the way for how you practice and how you see your clients and how you live your life. Um, and, and it's so true. And, you know, like, like you said, even wrestling and movement for dance are so similar and, and I, I think about capoeira and so many things that are almost that same kind of movement really where you're you're engaging with someone in a way that is artistic in nature but is also a, a certain combination of movements that for wrestling clearly you want to have the advantage or the edge to, to be in a certain position and that can also be done in dance as well so the the commonality between the two things for me looking at your story is so similar and you know I, I love that because again it, it takes you to another level of recognizing how movement for our bodies can be applied just across all didactics. My question for you now is that, you know, listen to your story, you weren't always into the personal training. Clearly you were a pharmaceutical rep for a number of years. So where did that transition happen from going to Brown, dancing, you know, recognizing that wrestling wasn't your thing, and then pursuing pharmaceuticals as a career for a little bit? Um. That, that mostly came out of, I was worried, I pretty much knew that I wanted to go into business out of university. Um, and I did uh, sales because I really felt it was something that would, it was part of who I was. You know, I, I was somebody who was very social, very uh, likable. I had no problem 
going into public settings. And I knew for a fact, leaving university, I did not want to sit behind a desk the entire day. It just didn't suit well with me and who I was. So uh, the, the opportunity really presented itself through, through the internships I was doing at the time. Uh, they really set up for success there. And um, it was through inroads. And um, it was really helpful. They, they did different uh, internships over the course of the summers uh, for students of color. And then once you got out, you got placed into Pfizer. I particularly placed at Pfizer. And um, it just was a perfect fit for me. I was placed in Brooklyn. I was doing pain management. So I had Lyrica, Aricept, Celebrex, Extra at the time, and they were selling those that I came to market at the time. And it was really a great first opportunity leaving university. I got to grow up very quickly. <laughs> and being in, in Brooklyn, it was really real. Uh, and it was and also an opportunity to see how the healthcare system worked in our, in our, in our country. I, it was a kind of a rude awakening, essentially. It was trying to see how the, the, the services, I was, trying, I was trying to get these medications in the hands of these uh, people who really needed it, who were quite ill, and it wasn't accessible to everyone. And uh, that was tough sometimes, right? Uh, going into an office, uh, trying to push my products which were outstanding products, hands down, uh, in the market. I think we know Pfizer produces wonderful products and uh, not everyone had access to it. And so that, that sat with me in a certain way when I would go in there and they would need pre-authorizations and someone could and couldn't get it. And, you know, I, I felt as though everyone had a right to it, you know? And I thought to myself, well, after a number of years and they had major downsizing and they laid a number of people off, I decided, you know, although I performed very well at the, com at the company, I was rookie of the year, I did a high, high level performance. And I just felt as though when they did the downsizing, do I want to stay here? Do I want to come back? Because they re-offered opportunities to come back if you wanted. But I was like, you know what, let me take this opportunity to impact others and actually get to the heart of this macro level issue of access to, well, I mean, health uh, and really changing your life for the better. So if you get to the heart of it, the essence comes from you, right? So instead of going for pharmacological purposes to address these issues of diabetes and all these different disease states, hypertension, why not go to the heart of the issue? Our habits, what do we do on a daily basis? Uh, what, how do we eat? And it was just natural, a friend of mine at the time, his girlfriend worked at Equinox and she was like, hey, come by and check it out. I think you'd just be a good fit, you know? It's just, who you are as it is as in general with the movement. I've always been athletic and why not motivate others to get to the heart of that issue, right? Get help others not have to be so reliant on these, these drugs in the first place. So it was just a natural progression going from pushing the pill to pushing people to not be on the pill. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. an interesting dichotomy, right? So I'm like, <laughs> take these pills. And now I'm like, don't take any pills. <laughs> Listen, well, not take any pills, but I meant like, you know, supplemental, but just in general, focus on you first. Focus on the habits while you're having these problems. That's real the the essence and the the where the where the issue starts from the choices that you're making every day that are affecting your overall health. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, it's it's amazing the transition that you made because although they see that they are very, very 
different in terms of spectrums, um, you're still taking care of people. And it is a, a different way of doing it. I mean, the people that I see in the clinic and, you know, I, I recognize all the names you mentioned medicine-wise because a lot of my patients come in and we check their medical history and they write those things down for what they're taking. Uh, you know, as physical therapists, our main job is to make sure that we're restoring function in any way that we can. So I look at what's going on, I see the past medical history, I see what's going on with them. And I recognize that, you know, we have work to do. And as long as we can do things that are in our practice, then we definitely do those things and people do get better. Um, I guess the flip side for me would be, you know, people wanting to do surgery. So we say, yeah, you know, if you can avoid surgery, great. Well, let's let's try this thing first. Let's, let's see what's going Absolutely. on here first. Because you can always work on things preventatively if you do therapy or any kind of fitness thing to avoid having to have any kind of surgeries. The same way you can avoid a lot of issues if you, you know, work on your body first from the inside as opposed to just popping pills and trying to fix things a, a quicker way. So it's great that you made that transition and it's great that you are in a place where you feel like you belong. Because I feel like a lot of people, no matter what they do, wherever they work, people who work there are usually like them, right? My wife's an attorney. So all the attorneys who are in her job are pretty much like her in terms of temperament, in terms of their, their mindset. I'm sure people who work with you are pretty much like you in general. So the friend who said, yeah, come to Equinox, probably saw something in those people that they saw in you as well. And the same with my job. Everyone who I work with my job is pretty much like me in terms of temperament, mindset, mantra. There's a certain... Uh, um, uh, cognizance or awareness that you have as a person when you're in those fields, because that's who you are. It's what you believe in. It's what you stand for. And, you know, you stand for a big thing that's called Sky Health. And I've been watching you guys on Sky Health and watching the videos and looking how everything you said is in oscillation, right? You mentioned that in your bio, everything happens in oscillation. And you have to train, you said, on the perimeter of your comfort zone to achieve growth in all pillars of life. Uh, how do you, as a, as a trainer, as a coach, how do you convince people that that philosophy actually works? And what are some of the barriers that you face as a trainer, as, as a coach, when you're trying to convince or, or, or coach certain people to, to, to buy into that and to be able to believe in that for their lives? Well, I don't do much convincing, and to be honest. It's, the proof is in the pudding, right? So... This is very funny, this comment, this topic you asked me came up because the other day I was on the floor training and a woman saw me training my client and she said, <laughs> my client was really pushing it. I was pushing her. I, re- I, I really was. And uh, because I knew that where her comfort level, where she was at the moment, based off everything we've been working on, I've been progressing her over the last few months. We should be hitting these numbers. I knew she can do this. And this was a PR we were trying to hit that day. It was just a simple push-up at the time when we were doing chest press that day. But I knew that she could do it. I knew that she just engaged specific muscle to lats. And I just pushed. And she did it that, 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 that moment. And the woman comes up to me. And she's like, what? How, how, do, you know, how is your philosophy? And I went to her. I said, you know, you have, to be, you have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right, you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable, and the more you're able to do that, that goes for everything in life, right? Uh, and it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's hard for me, and still to this day, um, going through things that I don't necessarily want to do, but I know I should do. But the only way I can get better at it, better at it, is by doing it. There's this. <laughs> that's it, right? So uh, when you are training, it goes like anything else in life. If you're doing something and you're not pushing yourself hard enough, you're not going to elicit an adaptation. If you're not progressively overloading your tissues, then you're not going to see a change in the tissues. They're not going to change, right? 
you have to push them beyond their normal, whatever you've done in the past, you have to push harder beyond their comfort zone. And in this case, meaning either sets or reps or what your perceived exertion is for you if you're running or you have to monitor these things first. And then that comfort zone can be anything. You, you know, it could be your mindset. It could be the actual ability, the muscle's ability to contract. Um, it could be someone from an emotional standpoint, their ability to be more empathetic or to show compassion. Um, whatever that can be, you're still going to, an, uh, uh, and if you were looking at a circle perimeter, you're going into that a space that you're just not comfortable being in. And that's where you grow. And that's where the muscles grow. That's where the muscles, the, the actual physical action of a muscle physiologically is micro tears in a tissue. And then the muscle heals and it overlaps and then the muscle builds. That's actually how the muscle grows. So in order to move forward, you have to take maybe one step back or two steps back in order to go forward. So you have to break things down to build them back up. So you're constantly going through this oscillation and circular, <laughs> am I saying that right? I think of the word, this circle <laughs> of cyclical, there we go. <laughs> the circular action of, of breaking things down and building them back up, breaking things down and building them back up. And then once you understand that, uh, it's, it's just beautiful, right? You, you know, going into this moment, this is going to suck, or this is painful, or this is going to be a rough situation. Since I go into my leg days or whatever day I'm going to have to work out, I'm like, oh man, I did this last, I, I did this before. This is not going to be, not, this is going to be really rough, but I know at the end of the day, I'm going to feel proud of myself. I know I'm going to be happy that I did it, right? Because I know what's happening. I know it's coming on, on the energy. I know the, the look I'm going to get. I know the, the way I'm going to perform in the future. Sorry, that was really dry. So when it comes to my clients, like I said, the proof is in the pudding. If a client goes, <laughs> it's happened recently, uh, someone was doing, uh, you know, I think it was lunges he was doing, and he goes, okay, you know, I did 12 reps. And I'm looking at him like, do you think you could do a few more? Or how do you feel about that? What, what do you think about that? He's like, oh, yeah, it was, it was good. And <laughs> I was like, so... What if I said I have you do, you know, 10 more right now? Oh, yeah, I could do it. I have to do 10 more. And this is our last set, mind you. Um, I thought to myself, and this is a new person. So any of my older clients already know this. They already know. You're, you're, I expect you to push yourself even beyond just what I'm here for, right? Because I know I can push you. But, like, over time, this is your journey. I want you to take ownership and, and be invested. We're, this is not a didactic approach where I'm telling you what to do and you have to do everything I say and only work out when Ramon wants me to work out. no. This is, we're, we're a team-based effort. I'm showing you the path. I'm showing you the way. But you have to take the walk. You have to take the journey. You're the one on the path. I'm just behind there pushing you along the way or sometimes dragging you along. But it's your journey, right? We're doing it together. And uh, in that, we had a, just a moment there. And I was just kind of like, why, why not more? Why did you, did you, you feel you, you just did 10 more reps? Like nothing. Don't you think this is not enough weight when, how do you expect to see change if you're not going to push yourself beyond this comfort zone? And then over time, this particular client, you know, we, 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 for that, just to make a point, <laughs> I made him do a superset. And then I just made him do over and over until he's into failure. 
And sometimes that needs to happen. Last set, sometimes I'm sure you've done this in your training with track. And I mean, you're so well experienced with that situation. Go into failure. And that's something that's new to people, right? If we're talking about this concept of being uncomfortable, I didn't know that until, well, I did know that growing up with wrestling. That's all where wrestlers were a little bit insane and not normal in the head for that very reason of my coaches even say, you know, you go until you can't go and then do 10 more, <laughs> whatever it was. And then there was still more in you. Whatever you thought there was, there's more. And then there's even more. And then after a while, you start to, this, this thing happens in your brain where you're like, you know, no, I can keep going. And, and you just train yourself in that way. Uh, it, 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 it spreads everywhere, right? It, it becomes a part of who you are. And this client, when it went to failure, he kept thinking, I kept pushing, he kept thinking that this was it. And I know, just looking at his movement, that it wasn't. It was just where his perceived exertion, where his brain said, I think this is enough just because this hurts and I don't want to go any further because this is painful. But, you know, sometimes you have to be there in order to grow. So too little is not good. You're not going to listen to change too much. Now, on the other aspect, we got to talk about too much, right? There is a point in which you do too much. There is a point of overtraining. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, just keep pushing, push through everything in life. And that's just it. That's how you get through it. That's also not the, the mindset that I come from with that. I don't subscribe to that ideology either. You have to push, but you have to be aware enough to know, okay, this is, this is the point in which I'm going to get injured, you know, and you could talk about this much more in depth than I possibly could, because, um, Actually, this is another conversation. Maybe uh, uh, this probably will lend into a conversation, uh, a question about how this works at Sky. But I had a particular client where it was out of my scope of practice a little bit, right? So I'm the trainer. I'm giving workout programs. I'm teaching movement, uh, proper movement. And then the one particular client where because they were coming out of injury, I didn't know if we were pushing. I, I, I had to rely on the client to tell me, hey, how are you feeling at this point? Like I'm constantly checking in. And so this client had to under, begin to understand now working with the physical therapist since we're pretty much in the same space. Sometimes I just call the physical therapist over, which is the beauty of it. Hey, Claude, can you share your thoughts on this? Like, do you think this is too much? This is, is, is this a good idea based on what the client's saying? Should I continue doing this? Sometimes you need that because then we're going to that point of overtraining or I, I load them too much. It was just too much too soon. Right. So that's when we have an injury. There's too much happening, too much load, too much reps, too much high intensity or too soon where the tissue wasn't ready for that. You didn't build the tissue up to be able to perform the readiness for that. The person on that day wasn't ready for what you were doing that day. Right. Maybe they didn't get enough sleep. Maybe they didn't get they're not hydrated enough. Maybe they didn't have enough meals in them to really. This is not a day to be deadlifting for our PR. If you're coming in, and you haven't slept all day. Right. That's overtraining. It's not a good idea to push that point. And it's just hard to determine sometimes uh, the difference between a contraction where you're feeling, you're listening growth or listening, trying to elicit a response in the tissue. And I'm about to hurt myself. I'm about to pull a muscle. Those things feel different. And uh, that pain, sorry. Uh, that understanding that is uh, very important. So I don't have to answer your question, but I, I yeah. just wanted to talk about there's two sides to 
you know, training in the outskirt, uh, training in the perimeter of your comfort zones. And essentially what it is, is finding that, that happy, that sweet spot, right? Where you're in the zone, they say sometimes, but you sometimes even forget that you've been doing it for so long. You know, you're so enraptured in something that you're doing and it's, you know, oh my God, I've been here for five hours, but you're just so engaged into what you're doing. Time and space uh, almost, you know, go away. And uh, it's important to find that for yourself and find that balance in everything that you do. Nutrition, the mindset, the, the recovery, spiritually, emotionally, in all realms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ramel, you're talking that talk right now. You got me kind of excited. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of, again, I, like I said before, like-minded people can talk about certain things and it just seems like it's seamless. And, you know, looking at what you're doing at Sky Health, uh, you know, as I read a little bit about what Sky Health is about, it's really, like you said, a merger between physical therapy and personal training. And for years, you know, I, I was, I, and I continue to, even on the show, I use this platform to to merge the gap and merge the, the the biases and preconceived notions and the the crazy thoughts that people have about the 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 battle that happens between PTs PTs right PTs and PTs if you will because it, it really is a symbiotic relationship where you know PTs can work on restoring someone's function and then to be honest there comes a point in time when our job is done. My job as a therapist is complete. I have done what I had to do. The pain is mitigated. The surgery is recovered. The person is back to functional goals. And now it's time to maintain that and move on to to personal trainer, group (laughs) training, what have you. My job is not to sit here and say, well, now I'm going to be your your person. Oh, I I get the question. Do you do personal training too? No, I don't. I do not do that. (laughs) That's not what I do. There are personal trainers who do those things that can take you to the next level where you need to go. I'm not going to be the person to get you back to having your range of motion back. And then from there, become your now personal trainer for that. No, that's not how this works. So Sky Health seems like it's a place where you guys have merged that together and have put together a, a, an environment where the the language and the, the focus can be on restoring health, restoring function, and then taking that function to the next level for for, for other gains in terms of fitness, in terms of health, wellness, nutrition, whatever else. So give me a, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just, I'm excited about what you guys are doing because it just sounds like it's the ideal situation that most clinics should be doing or should be having when it comes to this clientele. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Oh, no, no, you're, you're right in the right track. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm going to call ourselves a clinic, I don't know if that's the right term. I mean, in general, I'm not sure what even in, uh, it's just a really beautiful cohabitation, right? It, it, it's just seamless and it, and it just works. And this is what attracted me to Sky in the first place. Oh, it's Claude Hillel. Um, he really, I was, at the time, I, we were sharing a client at Equinox and uh, he had a patient, the same with my client. And you know, I was following up about this client's condition. So I said, you know, can I talk to your physical therapist? Because I want to merge this, this gap. I don't want this to, this to be, I want to make sure I was doing the right thing, just covering my butt, right? Because there definitely comes a time when personal training and PT, uh, they're symbiotic. They're, you know, they're we're ultimately trying to improve function and performance, but uh, there's things that I should not be doing. <laughs> <laughs> things like you're saying yourself that you know that's 
that's not my, you know, that's not my focus here. And uh, I wanted to make that as seamless as possible for this, for this particular client. And I got to meet Claude. And at the time I was going through this shifting with Equinox where I was going to stay or not stay for other purposes outside family related. And, you know, it was a shift happening where I felt like it was time I needed to step away. And he's caught me at the right time. And this, him as he individually as a physical therapist, the level of care and the level of focus that he has with his patients uh, was very appealing and attractive to me. Um, it's the same philosophy and mindset and just approach that I have on my uh, clients. And so from a professional standpoint, we were just aligned, right? We, we, we just got along. And also on a personal level, we got along. So it just made sense for me to check out the space. And once I went there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. It's beautiful. It's intimate. It's on the seventh floor. Uh, we're on 28th and 5th. So we have access to a deck that you can see the Empire State Building. And what Claude has done is created a space that is just feels open and airy and it feels inviting and you want to train there. There's very few spaces um, in New York City that are not on the ground level, that are not in the basement, in a dungeon, right? And that have air and uh, a vibrance to it. And, you know, the light itself, uh, I think, definitely plays a role in your, your emotions. Like, you know, like when I train, I need music. So when I, I found every time I was coaching and training there, I felt happy. I enjoyed being in the space. Um, and I think a lot of people would agree with me who come into the space, they feel that about just in general about the environment. And then it adds to the, the aura that you feel from the coaches. All the coaches are superb. All the trainers are wonderful, uh, well-versed, they're seasoned. Um, and Claude is very... I love how passionate he is about Sky Health and making sure that we're all taken care of. Um, He's someone who just makes sure everyone is just a very caring individual. And he's someone who's uh, motivated me on multiple levels, professionally and personally. Uh, we do the AIDS Life Cycle Ride. Uh, it's a bike ride from San Francisco to LA over the course of seven days. And he's an avid bike rider, and I would have never even thought to jump on a bike. And I did that two summers ago with him. You know, he was like, come on, I really think you should do it. And I'm like, I don't think I should do this. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm wearing a bike. And now I'm doing it again this summer, you know. So he's someone who pushes me outside of my comfort zone on a regular basis. He has no problem doing that. And I thank him for that all the time. So he's someone who motivates you. And he does it for everyone in the space and he pushes himself. And so uh, it just creates this environment of growth. It creates this environment of communication where we can go back and forth and, and there's very little judgment. If you want to learn, it's, it's a perfect learning environment. Uh, there's no one watching, looking over your shoulder. I constantly am learning from other coaches. I'm constantly learning from the physical therapist there. That's really affected my business, I think, because I'm – I've had, because of being in the space, I've had so many different hip replacements now. Um, someone came to me with any hip, knee, ankle injuries. Actually, so much, I feel so much more confident addressing those issues for clients than I ever felt in the past. Um, Equinox did an also wonderful job of preparing me 
for to the education uh, for that. Um, I work my way up with economics, becoming a tier four uh, coach or tier X coach, they call it after a while. Uh, so that's the highest level of training there. I was a master instructor with the Viper, uh, doing a lot of their educational stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't until I was in this environment that I was able to apply a lot of things I learned both at Equinox and at Sky on a daily basis, like where it was kind of more prevalent, right? So I got to train a larger spectrum of clients and uh, client types or disease, um, I didn't say, I would say different conditions than I did when I was at Equinox. So I feel like that's another benefit that comes with being in the space, right? You have this this connection and this cohesiveness where we're constantly learning from one another and we're constantly building, but we're getting patients and clients of all different ages, of all different conditions coming in through the door um, that lends for a wonderful environment to grow in. Amazing. You know, it's funny. I, I'm on the verge of um, starting my own practice, uh, Be More Today PT. And, you know, my whole concept of it is, very similar to Sky Health. Um, I wanted a, and I still want a, an environment that's going to be encompassing of physical therapy and personal training. Um, because I do think that connection is so, uh, uh, it's necessary. There's so many people who, when they, they leave us, right, they get better. Um, they're walking again without an assistive device and they're ready to either take the next step um, or just, you know, stop in general. Usually they end up staying with us longer and longer because there's nowhere else for them to go or they don't feel comfortable going somewhere else. They've been with us for so long. They know the space, they know who we are, they know our age. It's, it's a space where they feel comfortable and they don't want to go to a gym. Develop that trust. Right, Develop exactly. That trust. So there end up being no place for them to go or there are places they can go, but they don't want to go to those places. So they just stop. And what happens is they stop doing stuff. They stop doing their exercises at home they get back into a situation where their pain levels go up or get stiff again, they get weak again. And then I see them again three months later for the same issue because they didn't really have a place to continue their plan of care. So the fact that Sky Health is giving it an environment where it's a seamless transition from rehab to physical therapy to training and continuing that going forward, I think that's necessary. And I'm looking to do that for my own personal uh, business whenever we have it up and running, hopefully next year sometime. Um, but I'm very curious about how you guys are operating and, and how you structured and all those things, because it looks like that's going to be, for me at least, looking at healthcare, the future. That's how things should be running when it comes to this this part of the healthcare system um, and, and merging those two uh, didactics together with personal training and, and, and PT together. Um, it just makes sense. And I think it's better for not just as as healthcare professionals and clinicians, but for the patients. It just seems like it's a, a great way to merge all the knowledge together. And again, like I always say, community over competition. We come together, we make things better for everyone. Everybody wins. I 100% agree. I really do. And I feel like a lot of the, the patients and the, uh, the clients that come into the space, they say it themselves. You know, they they developed an affinity to the, to the space. And so they have no problem going back and forth uh, between the PT and the personal trainers or training with other personal trainers um, because they, they, they see it. They, they see how we operate. It, it's really transparent. There isn't, you know, much fluff around what we're doing there. 
Yeah, that's great. Um, I know like I've, I've seen you do, and I've actually seen you do this personally. I know uh, you and I have had stents in JADC, Jamal Jackson Dance Company. We had Jamal on the show a couple uh, of weeks ago, actually. <laughs> and uh, I remember one time I came to a practice and you literally had a bag uh, with your meals. And you had we uh, were talking about you, you, you were going through your meals for the day and he basically had all your meals for the day pre-packaged or pre-prepared in these bags, in your bag. And I was like, wow, he is so organized. And I watched a couple videos of you online when you were doing meal prep. And that's something that I, I, I struggle with for a number of reasons only because, and I can't say I'm too busy because it's always bad to say you're too busy. You always make time. But I'm not organized enough um, at this point in time to meal prep like that for myself. Because everything's kind of different or whatever else. But I, I do appreciate and I envy people who can literally plan their whole meals and prepare them and pack them for the entire week. And I've seen you do that. Um, so that, with that in mind, what are some tips that you give to some of your clients? You know, this, this is a kind of crazy time. I know you can't give tips for everyone because it's a very uh, wide audience, but mm-hmm. it's always good to hear just some, some easy or some easier tips in terms of not just fitness and weight loss and nutrition, but just ways to kind of get organized in terms of, how to structure your your fitness slash nutrition life throughout the week. I think a lot of people get boggled down by meal prep and get boggled down by fitness time and how to fit it in. What do you tell your clients when it comes to, look, it's, it's not that complicated. Here are some basic steps to kind of at least get you started to make sure that you can be at least physically, mentally, and nutritionally sound. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you hit it the nail on the head, right? The the first thing you said yourself was, I think I don't have the time or negotiating time. And no matter what it is, say it's fitness or say it's the mental component or say it's the nutritional component, you have to look at your schedule and realistically say, I want to block out this time to do it. You can, however that may work for you. That, that's the first thing I do a lot of my clients is that, is that habit, right? So this is the hour I'm going to train. No, I'm not going to take phone calls. No, I'm not going to put anyone else in that time. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to train at that time. That's my time for me. Even if I walk, I have one client actually where I, you know, I said, let's come up with a time. He's like, okay, but I don't think I can train that long. I was like, I just need you to walk into the gym and walk out if you want. That's the habit. You need to go there. You make time to get to the gym practice, just even the commute, all these things that are going through his head as to why he could not work out. And so I want you to do the, the habit was walk into the gym. This is the time you need to train. If you don't want to be there, it's not working out for you. You can walk right back out, but you can check it off that I walked into the gym. I made it to the gym. Naturally over time, did he think he would go to the gym and just go all the way there just to walk in and walk out? Maybe he did. Sometimes he did, but at least he checked it off. He made the time so that eventually he started to stay there. Eventually it became a part of his habit, became a part of his routine, something you have to do on, on an everyday basis. So um, the first is making the time really to block it off and, and make it real and be realistic with yourself, right? Be pragmatic. If it's, you can't do meal prep for an entire week, maybe just control the beginning and ending portions of your day, right? We have so much control and when we wake up and when we go to bed. Throughout the middle of the day, chaos. I mean, even myself... <laughs> It's hard for you to catch me in the middle of the day and get through all my habits and everything. I'm sneaking. I'm trying to sneak in a workout in between. It's hard sometimes for me to train myself. So I, I, I can totally empathize with you when you're saying 
that meal prep is just unrealistic for me right now. I'm like, I'm, it just may not work for you. You may have to go into uh, ordering. There's a, so many um, um, options now with companies who do wonderful um, meal prep um, solutions for the whole week. You can break down your macronutrients and they give it to you exactly to the T, um, vegan. I, I mean, I, I did a few, like maybe three or four I just saw recently. I used to use Kettlebell Kitchen. I don't know if you've heard of them mm-hmm. um, in the past. Uh, they deliver to your, your uh, home or a locale. Um, so you have that option, but you also have the option, like you said, of doing your own meal prep and just controlling what you put in your body is more than half the battle because anything that's out there, there's so many additives, there's so much artificial stuff. So if you're controlling what you're putting in your body, you're not only managing your intake, but you're building awareness as to what's actually happening, right? So you can start to understand when um, you're starting re- reading the nutrients and the clients start to understand, oh my gosh, look at this caloric load. I, I, I'm just having all these empty calories, I'm not really gaining any benefit. I'm not really fueling my body with the options I was doing before. What am I getting out of this, right? And you don't really get that until you start breaking it down and seeing what you're putting in your body. Um, so my fitness pal is an option. I do some of my online coaching. Some of my clients who are more advanced, they're doing that. They're plugging in their numbers um, off, the, off the macronutrients that we come up with. Uh, but on a more just even simplistic level, uh, I, have, I, I went through Precision Nutrition, so there, it's an organization that focuses on habit change management, but it's a nutrition-based company. And this is what I will with Equinox. They really uh, are adamant about making sure their coaches are educated on that level when it comes to nutrition and went through the entire coursework. So went through PM1, PM2, and all their other coursework. And one thing I loved about them is how uh, the organization would make it so that it was very digestible and easy to understand very macro level things. And so one thing that they did well was breaking down the habits into just five basic habits that you want to do over the course of the day to get to your goal, no matter if you're trying to build muscle or lose weight. If you're going through these, then you're kind of checking those things off and making sure that you're getting, getting to your goal. So the first one was to eat every two to four hours. So in general, that's going to help you set yourself up for success by keeping your metabolism up, right? So you're, so you're not going to have these major peaks and pitfalls in your, your blood glucose levels. And that's huge if you're someone trying to keep off some of that fat or maintain that lean mass. So by eating every two to four hours, you are helping your body not go into starvation mode, right? So once we go for so many hours without eating, you become ravenous, right? You're just ready to eat any and everything. So all the habits of let me eat, you know, these veggies or whatever game plan you had kind of goes out the window because you're not even the same person anymore. You're, mm-hmm. you're like a beast and you're just, you're hangry. I, don't get me. If I go more, if I don't have a snack, anyone who knows me knows I eat. I'm constantly eating. Like I, I can't go in. If I have a bag on me, there's food on me <laughs> at all times. You, they, my friends know it. They're like, hey, I know you got some food on you. They're like, oh, here you go. You know, <laughs> it's in my pocket. Because I can't go that long without eating because I'm going to turn to, an, you know, not a nice person if I don't have my food on me. And so even every two, having a feeding every two to four hours really uh, it allows you to cognitively 
to perform well, but it fuels your body, which whatever your course you're doing throughout the course of the day, right? So that, that I think that's a really important habit to do. And all these habits you do over time, right? So you're not trying to see or not conquer the world and go through every single habit that I, w- I would give someone. It's less, we would just focus on that. Just that one thing, every two to four hours, cooking your food, prepping your, maybe only your breakfast if you can do it. So you can't do all the whole week. Just do the breakfast and dinner. Throughout the day, you have your meals through, you know, if you're, you're eating out, that, that maybe that's where, that's where you're at uh, as far as getting to that goal. The other one is, the second one is to have complete lean protein sources, right? So you're trying to make sure that um, you're, you're getting the amount of protein you need, the amino acids essentially with protein, which are the building blocks for muscular development. And if you're not having these essential uh, sources, uh, these essential nutrients and, and, and amino acids and protein, then you're, you can build muscle. People say you can build muscle, you know, but it's important to have in, in your repertoire. So you're looking at, on average, if you look at the, the amount, it would be like the palm of your hand, essentially. And I use a lot of gauging of the hand that, that we learn through precision nutrition. So if you're looking at the proteins, but essentially the palm of your hand. For guys, it's about two palmfuls, if you will. So you're looking at 20 to 30 grams for females and 40 to 60 grams when it comes to males. Uh, for, for, with each feeding over the course of the day. So if you're up for every number of hours, you probably be about around four to five meals. And so each of those feeding opportunities, you want to get a complete lean protein source, salmon, bison, ground turkey. You want these options to be more lean, not as uh, fat or uh, uh, non-dairy options are, are there as well. So these are all options you can have. The third one is uh, having a uh, vegetables uh, through each portion every day as well. So you have a, a complete lean protein source. So I always say to color the rainbow when it comes to my clients, when it comes to the veggies. So you're getting those vitamins and minerals, but you're getting different sources of it. Each vita- each uh, vegetable has a different color, has a different vitamin, has different uh, benefits that come with it. So if you're constantly eating uh, from those sources, and having leafy greens with each meal, you're getting the fiber that you need, you're getting everything that you need in that particular uh, meal with each feeding opportunity. So that's a good way to look at it, color, color your plate with the rainbow. Uh, the fourth is to have carb, you want to have more whole carb options. So you're looking at, this is, an, I shouldn't think uh, the veggies and the fourth, yeah, the carbs. Um, but the carbs, it's really interesting because a lot of times when I talk to carbohydrates with clients, they get to this state where it's like, you know, I have to have no carbs at all because carbs just made me blow up. And I just, I can't touch it. I just have just their relationship with carbohydrates and people's it, the perception of carbohydrates is. I think it's a misnomer, right? I really feel carbohydrates get a bad rap. I did not do well <laughs> with, no car- with, with a low carbohydrate. I've done it. And it's just, it is not cute. Yeah, I, I, I can't perform. I don't sleep. I, I need carbohydrates. I, I'm someone who's a more, we call it a mesocycle. If you're looking at my body type, I'm someone who has a more of a, uh, of a lean, but I, I could build muscle quickly, but I could also lose quickly too. But I really need to be fueled. Carbs really f- fuel a lot of my ability to perform, but also my physiology. 
And so if you're someone who's, uh, who's more of an endomorph, there's different types we, we were talking about, body types we're talking about here. So it's hard for them to lose weight and call it, uh, and so it was hard for them. They, they eat as much as they want and they, they'll just blow up, right? They'll just, someone's, they're an endomorph. Someone's an ectomorph, they can eat everything on the planet and they'll never gain weight, right? Their body's just super, super lean. So you have to kind of eat the amount of carbs that are appropriate for you. So if you're someone who's trying to lose weight, you're only, I, I say to them, you have to earn your carbs. You're only allowed to eat one to two hours post-workout if you have to before workout. But you, the, the whole strategy that you want to fashion your meals around eating those carbohydrates, be it whole, carb, uh, whole grains or whole grain sources uh, around your workout. So when you work out, your body is essentially pushing water out of the tissue and you're using the select, so some of those glycogen stores that are the sugar stores, which essentially what carbs are, the sugars in, in your body. So you want to replenish those. So your body's in a advantageous point to take on carbs and actually metabolize them properly post-workout. So that's the perfect time to take those carbs on and, and use them as a fuel source to help you recover. So that's why I highly champion to not, I'm not one to, I'm not a strong proponent of a, a low, very low carb diet. I'm more of a, a proponent of a controlled carb diet. So you're controlling when you're having it, when you're having it, how much you're having it, and what is the quality of it uh, pre and post workout. And if you're someone who on a higher level performance and you need more carbs in the workout, so you're doing these big lists and you have some of those uh, carb, sugary, sugary options, uh, those drink options on hand, those are, those are fast metabolizers. They get into your body and they'll, they'll work very quickly. So that's something that's really, really important, I think, around the topic of carbohydrates and to not be someone who shies away from carbs. Carbs are great uh, for building muscle and helping you, your body, just overall. You know, it makes you feel uh, to some degree satiated, and it's important to have. And the last but not least is just eating healthy fats. So you have your proteins, your veggies, you're having healthy fats, uh, avocado, salmon, olive oil, butters, nut butters, um, about 30% of your diet in general should be coming from your, from coming from, from healthy fats options. So it's important to have those healthy fats as well to help you actually becoming better at metabolizing, breaking down fat in your diet will help you break down fat when you're trying to work out. So that's, uh, that's another important component. I know that's a lot of information, but those five habits actually, if you break them down, they're essential to a lot of my coaching. So uh, it makes it kind of easier to digest in this whole world of nutrition when you just break things down into five habits and you just work on those regardless of where you're at. If you're trying to put on weight or, or lose weight, uh, from, from that standpoint, it makes it a little bit more conceivable to get through all of this. And then it's obviously all the habits in between, right? So you're looking at your sleep, all these things are interconnected. So you can't just focus on one pillar. You can't just focus on your movement or your nutrition and then or your recovery. You have to work on all of them. So MNR is what we used to refer to at Equinox. Um, MM and MMNR. So mindset, movement, nutrition, and recovery. So awesome. those four pillars, if you're focusing on all of them, 
then it makes it more of a cohesive unit versus just the nutrition itself. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing those tips. And uh, it reminds me, you know, I wrote this book, Be More Today, uh, 40 Guides to a Better Version of You. And in the book, I talk about steps to greatness. I talk about basically these um, models that you can use to have change. And um, the same way you mentioned your models of change and the things that you do to um, kind of get from point A to point B, those five steps. I mentioned in my book, steps you can also say to kind of get from thinking about wanting to do something to actually doing it. And like you said, it's a mindset. It's definitely a mindset, um, especially for the meal prep thing. And I recognize we do do meal prep. We buy for the week. Um, and, my, and my wife does a great job of making uh, certain dishes on certain days already planned out for the week, but we don't make it all on one day. Um, so I'm always fascinated when, when people can do that. And like you said, it, it is the combination of all those things to make sure that you're doing not just what you're eating, but what you're putting into your body. And then of course, what you're doing physically. Um, for my last question before we actually close out, uh, your number is 77 on this show and everything you talked about so far has been fantastic. Uh, combining your, your devotion and your dedication for uh, fitness and combining all the things you've done in terms of dance and wrestling to really make sure that you push people, uh, not just in the, in the uh, PT setting or the physical fitness, physical fitness setting, but also in their, in their lives. Um, the phrase be more today is something that we have been throwing around for a long time. And it means many things to many people, but I've asked everybody on the show what that phrase means to them. And you are number 77 on this show. So when you hear the phrase be more today, what does that phrase mean to you? For me, I, I think that means being more present being more present and what I mean by that is being more present in acknowledging where you are right so a lot of what I do is in order for you to be more I feel like you have to know where you are where you came from to get to where you want to be and progress right whatever goal you have so I'm constantly doing check-ins with myself doing a litmus checking, like, you know, where am I at right now? Where's my hydration levels? Where's my sleep levels? Am I present? Am I engaged in this moment? Uh, am I acknowledging where I'm at? Or am I disengaged, thinking about other things? I find myself doing that quite a bit sometimes too, right? We all do. We're in a world that's so many distractions. Like, you easily get lost in <laughs> IG, you know, Instagram or Facebook or this family issue over there or work-related topic over here. And there's just so many things going on. So the more you're able to be present in what you're doing today and have the awareness, to build that awareness uh, of yourself, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in all those realms, the, the better you are to get into your goal, the better you are to, to be better today and be better for tomorrow. Um, and a lot of, for me, that practice has come with uh, my, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm big, I'm a big yogi, but when I do get to yoga, I, I try, but I do a lot of my own mobility work and a lot of my own meditative work. Um, I use an app called 10% Happier. I don't know if you heard of it, but, uh, it's really, really helpful. Um, there's an app out there. It's, it's just really amazing. And it just takes you through meditative course, meditative coursework every single day. And that's how I get to be more aware of my breath and where I'm at in all those realms and it helps me 
fulfill that consciousness of self so that I can be better today so I can get to my goals in the future. Um, and also acknowledge where I've come from in the past. Like what have I accomplished? And be more, I think being more today also means being nicer to yourself and, and also in that, in that present moment. So being honest, being nicer, be more compassionate with yourself uh, so that you can always be a better, very better tomorrow. So in a nutshell, I think so to me, being more present, building self-awareness. Yeah, no, I love it. Coach Murphy, any final tips you want to share with uh, listeners about Sky Health, uh, about fitness, nutrition, or anything related to what we talked about today? Come by and check it out. Really, really. come. It's on 28th and 5th, um, uh, 251 Fifth Avenue. Uh, and it's just a wonderful space. Uh, I promise you, you'll love the space. I promise you'll love the people there. Um, and always, I say the same thing, push, push yourself beyond your comfort zone. It, it really will, you'll learn so much more about yourself when you're in that space of just newness and, and understanding yourself on a different level. So the next time you go into your workout, if you're always hitting those 12 reps or at this specific load, try something different. Try something where you haven't tried before and see, but also look at how you perform, right? Like be aware of what's going on. And uh, that's super, super helpful. So to constantly reassess, constantly reevaluate, and then move forward from there. So I think it's important that that, that component of reevaluation, that component of checking in again with yourself or your coworkers or your clients or your mental, your mentality, uh, so that you can be better today. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being on this show, Ramel. Uh, where can people follow you on social media or otherwise? It's Ramel Murphy, Ramel Murphy on Instagram. Um, that's mostly if I were to post anything, but you can always catch me there. You can DM me at any point. Uh, I love having people uh, hit me up, asking questions. Uh, I, I enjoy that, getting back to people. I have no problem with that. So uh, that's a good space there. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate you, sir, for taking the time out today. You made episode 77 one for the books. Thank you so much for your dedication and for making the time and your busy schedule to make me a part of your life. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No problem, folks. Remember what he said, step out of that comfort zone and get out there and don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. That's where the magic happens. That's where all the, the focus and the drive and the growth really comes. Remember a quote from today, there is power in finishing. Finish what you started. You said you want to do something like he said with the guy who wanted to go to the gym. He went to the gym. He came back. He didn't do anything. At first. Hopefully he started doing things after that and doing things more and more and more and became a part of who he is. That's how we got to start. So it may be hard at first, like you said, uncomfortable at first, but we can finish and there is power in finishing. Do not forget that quote from today. And for all things related to Be More Today, you already know. BeMoreToday.com, book, Amazon. It's on. It's everywhere. Uh, swag store is open. So get your, your Be More Today merchandise. And continue to follow us and subscribe on platforms. We really appreciate you. If you want to send any questions about anything, you want to get in contact with me personally, Dr. Sean at BeMoreToday.com. I'm always here, available for you guys, whenever you need me. And thank you so much for following us and continuing to take yourself to greatness and the best version of you. We will see you next week.